0: Newton Media Group, a family of creative services, presents The Voice Work Podcast. This is Tuesday, July 20th, 2021. On the podcast today, we'll take a little deeper look into a book introduced in a previous podcast with a chapter-by-chapter chapter look at Calm Your Thoughts, Stop Overthinking, Stop Stressing, Stop spiraling, and start living. Written by Nick Trenton, narrated by Russell Newton. Chapter One, Introduction With anxiety, life sometimes feels like a waking nightmare. It's like a veil of negativity is thrown over everything you think, feel, and do. Life can feel claustrophobic as more and more restrictions seem to interfere making it hard to be spontaneous or relaxed. And the worst thing is, you may not even understand why any of it is happening, nor can the people around you. It may seem like people explain away your anxiety as a bad attitude, to being oversensitive, or simply expect you to cheer up, because they've thoughtfully explained all the reasons why your fears don't make any logical sense. But it's never that simple, is it? In this book, we're taking a closer look at what anxiety is, how it works, and how you can learn to live a life that feels good to you, despite experiencing anxiety. Stressful overthinking can feel like a trap, like something you can never escape or fix, but you can. If you're ready to make a genuine change, to take care of yourself, and to take some powerful first steps toward a low-anxiety life, and this book is a great place to start. First things first, anxiety is a legitimate psychological phenomenon. You're not wrong or stupid or crazy, and you're not a bad person just because you haven't figured out how to free yourself from anxiety yet. I was diagnosed with GAD, Generalized Anxiety Disorder, when I was just 18, even though, to be honest, the symptoms have been with me long before that. My life was ruled by fear, but today, I can honestly say that I have learned not to let anxiety control me, and one of the first steps to recovering was to let go of the habit of self-criticizing. self. Chapter 2. Keeping Cool, Calm, and Collected So, let's dive in. What does it really mean to be good at emotional self-regulation? Maybe you could picture someone who's the proverbial cool, calm, and collected, but How does someone genuinely find themselves in that state? To master anything, we need to understand it. Regulate emotions. Emotions are wonderful things. They add color and meaning and dimension to life. They make it all worth it. But emotions are not always reliable. Recall that they're geared toward ensuring the survival of our species, but that's a goal with somewhat lesser priority in daily life. Like other parts of you, your emotions, anxiety included, evolved for a reason, but that doesn't mean we have to be at their mercy, especially given that modern life is so different from the one our brains evolved in. First, it's worth noting that emotions, including negative ones, are not a mistake or a problem. They're a normal, natural part of life, and we're not seeking to be free of them. Does anybody really want to be an emotionless robot? We know that suppressing them is not the answer either and that you should allow yourself to feel even your darkest of feelings so that you can release them after all suppression and denial cause their own problems and you probably already know that simply ignoring how you really feel does little to make it go away so a person who is a master of emotional regulation is not someone who experiences fewer or less intense emotions they are in charge of their emotions rather than the other way around There's a time and a place for expressing emotional needs, and sometimes you may just not be in the right situation to do so. Yes, you may feel positively filled with rage and anger. Chapter 3. Debugging the Machine Your brain is not an inescapable prison designed to torture you while you have no control over how you think or feel. It's a tool, a machine, that you can use as you see fit. One of the biggest reasons that anxiety takes a hold on us is actually a little ironic. In believing that anxiety itself is something to avoid or feel bad about, we trap ourselves in worry spirals. We've talked about emotional regulation, but beneath this skill is a fundamental mindset shift, i.e. the idea that negative emotions are not the end of the world, they are not unbearable, and that we're more than capable of weathering them. In this chapter, we'll be looking more closely at the characteristics and mindsets of people who are not naturally anxious. Their worldviews, attitudes, and perspectives on life will give them an immunity to distress. Importantly, they don't experience any less stress than you or I do, but they interpret it differently and give it a different meaning. Once you're practicing becoming less reactive and mastering your own emotions using something like the ABC Framework, you will naturally start to experience a shift in perspective. You'll start to see distress, discomfort, and uncertainty as a normal part of being alive. And you'll also start to take your skillful management and acceptance of these feelings as a given. Distress Tolerance Distress is a natural part of life. Every person, at some point or another, needs to face discomfort and anxiety. It's not a question of whether you'll have to endure it, but when. Fortunately, emotional resilience is something that can be learned and cultivated with the plan and frequent practice. We can all learn to lower the stress in our lives. Chapter 4. Mindfulness Meditation for Overthinking and Stress When we talk about the training of attention, the deliberate practice of postponing worries, the observation of inner reactions, rather than identifying with and attaching to them, and the commitment to becoming aware of the anxiety loops we get caught in, we are, in essence, talking about mindfulness. It's an oversimplification, but mindfulness is, in many ways, the opposite of stress and anxiety. When we're anxious, we are usually unconscious, reactive, and behaving automatically. When we're mindful, we instantly achieve that distance from perception that awareness brings. We allow ourselves to choose our response, if any, and maybe even have the opportunity to leave behind old patterns once and for all. Meditation for Novices and Veterans We already know that mindfulness is not the same as meditation, but for most purposes it's useful and convenient to think about mindfulness in terms of a meditation practice. To define it simply, meditation is any mental practice involving three key features, awareness, focus, and relaxation. Though we can find these three experiences in a range of different activities, meditation is the deliberate pursuit of all three. Usually done quietly and alone in a seated position with eyes closed, we can expand meditation to include the more popular psychology-based perspective, wherein we become more familiar with our inner cognitive and psychological processes. This means we can use meditation to become more aware of and skilled at things like concentrating or observing neutrally without attachment. This definition may sound simple, but due to its intangible and personal nature, meditation has often been misunderstood. 5. De-stress for a new you Our final chapter is all about what you do when you're not meditating. Anxiety is a way of life, and so is serenity and calm, conscious control. But just as distress is a normal and unavoidable part of life, so is a certain amount of stress and worry. Life would be impossibly boring and meaningless without it. Even people without full-blown anxiety disorders or problems with overthinking can have lives that are overrun with stress. Stress is like weeds in the garden. If you don't pull them up and they're small, they grow quickly and soon take over everything, i.e. become an anxiety disorder, burnout, or physical illness. Rather than waiting for stress to pile up and manifest as a big problem, we can decide to make it a habit of releasing tension and stress daily, even moment by moment. In the very beginning of this book, we saw how trying to control what you don't really have control over is hopeless and how trying to avoid distress and uncertainty actually only makes things worse. But there is something you actually do have control over. Your daily habits, your routines, your regular mental health practices, and self-care. And this is more than enough. Our main goal in de-stressing is to pinpoint exactly what's going on in our heads when we overthink. It's about identifying the triggers that set us off, as well as the effects of that overthinking once it begins. When we can see the process clearly, we can then begin to take informed action. But the necessary starting point? Awareness. In this chapter, we'll begin with the basics of overcoming overthinking and managing your stress levels. But in each case, what is most important is that we maintain an awareness of ourselves. Awareness is not rumination, though. When we are aware, this has been Calm Your Thoughts. Stop overthinking. Stop stressing. Stop Spiraling and Start Living Written by Nick Trenton Narrated by Russell Newton Copyright 2021 by Nick Trenton Production Copyright by Nick Trenton More information regarding today's book and the author can be found at audible.com or amazon.com Show notes and further information can be found at RussellEricNewton.com. With an eclectic collection of insights, knowledge, and trivia from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Over Work podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.